0: today we're watching guardians of the galaxy 2
1: the movie that makes us all egomaniacs
0: on slow claps and rewrites
1: well that didn't clink at all
0: I know but you know it's what happens when your cups are made of aluminium
1: is it a crossover if it's your same show like no some... I
0: mean I think I'm just I'm I'm alluding to the fact mm. that I have another podcast and
1: Psst, Adair has another podcast it's called Disney Channel.
0: Let's only talk for 20 minutes, so it's like your podcast, which is called 20 Minutes
1: of Banter. Well, that's not right. We are going to do something a little different today in that we're just going to talk about one thing that we did together, because we're in the same place.
0: As you can tell, because we just clinked glasses.
1: <laughs> and uh, we, we have the exact same white noise. You <laughs> know,
0: right? <laughs> it's so weird. Your Your noise-canceling headphones are so noise-canceling. Right? I hate the sound of my voice.
1: We all hate the sound of our voices.
0: I was really expecting you to say, we all hate the sound of your voice. And
1: I thought about doing that, but then I decided to be a better friend.
0: You were like, I've been mean enough to you today. I made you want to hoist yourself onto a fence and try and impale yourself.
1: If I learned anything from this movie today, it's that, uh...
0: Friendship is family.
1: Friendship is family.
0: And your cat's a dick.
1: No, I've known that forever. Here,
0: let's see. Let's just let her in. <laughs> so we so we both went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn.
1: Which Even was, at the same theater, like right next to each we other. We Sat
0: next to each other. Great
1: coincidence. It was
0: it was super rental. I was like, damn? You're like, A, a dare? dare it was so great. What are you
1: doing here?
0: And I was writing notes the entire time about the plot and how I felt as a writer. I was super I was super focused into it as mm-hmm. a writer.
1: I could see her scribbling little thumbs up and then crossing it out and scribbling a thumbs down and then crossing that out and scribbling a thumbs up. I was just not
0: sure how I felt. Mm-hmm. But I have to say this is the first time I got to see a movie with you in a theater and this is also the first time I got to see a movie with someone who is my age, who is this equally invested in like comic books if not more. But it was so exciting. Is this be-
1: honestly the first time we've ever seen a movie in a theater together? In
0: a theater, yeah. I'm that's, that, pretty that's probably right. Because we spent so much time at each other. You, Well, really, let's be honest. You spent so much time at my house because I cooked things for you. I can. Yeah. I contributed so much to your freshman 15 with my s'more brownies and my whatnot.
1: senior 20 with... Uh, blueberry muffins with weed butter on them
0: did i do that oh, oh did yeah you do did that you mean the college butter
1: <laughs> oh such good college butter
0: such good college butter but so we we never have actually gone out and seen a movie together Mm-mm. and it was such an experience to do alamo draft house, It's i highly recommend for any of you who have an alamo draft house in your in your town in your village what and the nature preserve that you might be living in thinking that you're living in the 1800s wherever you live if there's an alamo your parents us, are
1: lying go. to you it's not the 1800s it is modern day the monsters aren't real get out of the village <laughs>
0: they're wearing costumes adrian brody will die i'm sorry guys
1: which if i had my choice i'd kill him off in most films i just would
0: a Did definitely. we just become a
1: movie podcast? Is that oh, what we are? I think now? we just
0: I think we've become a movie podcast by writers, it is hmm. what we are right now. At this moment, At I don't know. At this juncture. At this juncture, this is how we feel. Yeah, so it was a I mean, it was great to see a movie with you though, because we were talking on the subway on the way there about the new uh, the The Last Jedi trailer, Wonder Woman, Chris Pine in franchises. Like we got to talk about a lot of it, and I don't often get to have those conversations with people who are in as interested and invested in those stories. And so I often feel like I'm insane because <laughs> I'm just ranting, and people are like, "Uh huh." Sure. And we talked a bit about the Marvel franchise. And I mean, actually, I think our first night that I was here when I arrived in New York, you and I talked for quite some time about the Thor Ragnarok trailer because I'm going to put it down now. I think that will be my favorite thing I see in 2017. It, It is at least my favorite trailer, but I have such high hopes, which I think that's why Guardians of the Galaxy didn't let me down is I had zero expectation from it. And so I was pleasantly surprised by most things. And the things that I didn't like, I was like, well, that was stupid. Whereas with Civil War, I had loved Winter Soldier. So I came in being like, this better be as good as Winter Soldier. And now with Ragnarok, I'm like, this is like, this is it for me. As far as the Thor franchise goes, this is where I'm, this is where it's meant to be. And this is what's going to matter to me. And so I guess... I had no expectation for this, and I have all the expectation in the goddamn world for Thor Ragnarok. And when the trailer for Thor Ragnarok came up, I'm just, like, sitting back. I'm like, yeah, this is where I want to be right now. I want to watch uh, I want to watch Kate Blanchett be tall and maybe talented. I'm not sure if she's tall and talented or if— I guess we'll
1: see. We'll find I out. Mean, I
0: mean, I, I—she is rocking it, though. Like, looking at it closer, oh, God.
1: I'm I will so say excited. same thing. Looking at it closer, seeing the Last Jedi trailer not on a screen the size of my TV, but massive. <laughs> the sh- the The shot that I my second favorite shot that I liked a lot
0: where she's doing the lightsaber. where
1: she's doing the lightsaber training. When I see it that big, I'm like, "You look terrible." I, well, I was, I was funny, like, oh. "I didn't want to
0: comment in it when it happened," but I kind of I was watching. I'm like, "Okay." No, but i still love the shot where it's there there's the like they're the digging ships that
1: are they're coming digging, towards the and walkers and there's the red
0: dust and i'm just like god that's a fucking beautiful Striking. shot i want to know it makes me want to know and that's what i love about a good trailer is when it makes me want to know guardians of the galaxy 2 it made me want to know nothing like mm. they're what they gave no indication as to what the plot was really I think,
1: here's here, okay so let's back up First Guardians of the Galaxy, Ooh. right? Um, everybody was like, "Really? What?" And then it happens, and it's a fun time. It's a feeling. Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it ends with a dance off. They win in a dance off.
0: I don't like that. I nobody. I, think, I mean, I'm <laughs> I I I think it's really frustrating to me. Actually,
1: I, well, I'm like I'm supposed to take Thanos seriously when his two daughter henchwomen are basically incompetent. Like let's be honest. Gamora, if Gamora is the deadliest woman in the galaxy, galaxy's a safe fucking home. I have
0: so much frustration about Zoe Saldana cast as Gamora cuz I am in no way intimidated by her. Like I'm in no way intimidated. I see her as the character she is in center stage. <laughs> forever. S- forever. And well, so but I just and or or Ohura, Like I like mm-hmm. those those are the characters I see her as and This is, I think, this is my big pet peeve of the same actors getting to be brought up into different franchises. And it's really hard for me because I don't feel like I get, I don't think I get into the film. And this is why I was talking to you about how I'm excited for the Han Solo franchise. Because they have some good actors who I'm familiar with their work. But I don't feel like they are familiar enough for me not to get into the franchise right, if right. necessary and that's why i felt like rogue one did for the most part as well
1: yeah i mean the casting was was very good there but
0: yeah sorry But i think
1: but guardians like i mean i think it did a disservice to the mcu in that it, Thanos is a joke he's like a joke version of the emperor he's a hologram with incompetent help ronan the accuser all i can accuse him of is being a bad villain So then we flash forward to this next one, and we all kind of know what we're getting, right? We know that we're going to get something that's fun and funny and a little raunchy and like Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, like a Saturday morning cartoon kind of feel, right? And based on that expectation, I think it delivers. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning. It's a
0: very good place to start. Because I think I am the person that enjoyed the first three minutes of that movie more than any other human on Earth.
1: Baby Groot is adorable.
0: Like, well, and I'm. it's not even that.
1: Oh, we should probably stop and say full spoilers, guys. Full spoilers. We're, We're going to talk, talk about, about everything. everything.
0: And this is actually what's great is we've been together since we saw that movie. Like, we've been, we saw it this, like, early afternoon. We've been together pretty much the entire time since then. We haven't really talked about it. Because we respect this podcast, and we're going to share it with you. And these are our first impressions. Um, but it wasn't like Baby Groot in the end. Uh, and, I mean, you're aware of, like, the whole him not dancing in front of Drax and why he doesn't, and how it's actually, like, mildly morbid. Yeah, okay, cool. So I kind of loved that, because his dancing won the musical, the music choices, like, the fact that they first did the little flashback and they were doing Brandy, which is a song that I started listening to on repeat when Charlie's Angels, the first one, came out because that is on the soundtrack and Awesome. I that and Groove is in the Heart, I know by heart because of that soundtrack.
1: There is a groove in your heart from Groove Is in the Heart. Yeah.
0: Um But that so I got really excited. I was mildly perplexed by the like Kurt Russell. Stand in that was going on there. I felt like it was unnecessary. I think
1: that was Kurt Russell with like either an interesting so makeup not, job or prosthetics. I am lo- I, 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 debated. It. It's,
0: I think it's like they, it's like a Paul Walker thing with Fast and Furious gotcha. 7. Digital stand in. They have a guy and he's credited, but I think they did like some sort of digital stuff to make it look like him. Um, Oof. And can I just state that his outfit is so. It it relates so far. It it reminds me so much of Peter Quill's outfit in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, like that red jacket and black pants. Like I get that that's a pretty like obvious uh, outfit choice, but I was like, oh, I kind of like what they did with that. But that whole part, I'm pretending didn't exist because no.
1: Yeah, like what a weird. I,
0: what a weird way to start. But yes, I they mean,
1: literally planted the seed of the exploding seeds, which. We'll get to the end credit sequences, but I would have much preferred an end credit sequence. One of the, I don't know, 20 that they had that somehow involved cutting to anyone else in the MCU who's on Earth looking at the massive glowing glob that has now died down. Just poking at it. Just being like, huh.
0: I did Wonder like what, when they went so back to, like, the, the police from. just being like, step back, and but, and then it just starts growing again. I'm like, this is not, I feel like, how we would have responded to it.
1: No, not even um, a little bit.
0: But that aside, the first three minutes, I recognize they are trying to just bring us into this world where Groot's a baby. And it, tells like, oh,
1: us, it tells us what kind of movie we're in but for. It's I, a party. It
0: does, and I actually really liked it because it is a fight scene. But the first three minutes focus on uh, focuses on Groot dancing, and around this gigantic fight over these batteries, and uh, because they're protecting them, and over this weird like amorphous blob that kind of looks like a gigantic Jabba the Hutt. Um, But yeah, so and I actually really enjoyed that because, I mean, we I knew coming into this, Groot was not going to be older. And that he was going to be much more like the adorable comic relief of it. And you're going to like have your little heartstrings pulled. So I thought it was a good way to connect to him because he was sort of a, this adorable bumbling tree in the first movie. And I love Ents. So for me, this twig creature is really adorable and his choice of music was great. And I think it, it kind of gave me, I felt, I felt invested Mm -hmm. and I think I don't feel invested in adorable things Unless I'm given some sort of, some sort of connection to them, and so I think I'm probably one of the few people that when I first saw Up, I wasn't really terribly attached to the dog, because I was just like, ah, uh, uh. but yeah. So I was attached to Groot at that point, and they suckered me into that. But I thought the fight scene was good. I thought it set us it set us up for the fact that we're not taking this terribly seriously yeah until, saturday morning cartoon yeah until the end like mm-hmm. i felt like i was like i'm not gonna really get super invested in this until we get to the end
1: which i think if guardian stood on its own if it was like its own independent marvel property mm-hmm. i wouldn't have hardly anything bad to say about it yeah sure. I'd just be like yeah, it's, it's it is what it is i think my my ba- main complaints come from Having such a drastically different tone and outcome, and I don't know, a giant Pac-Man made out of rock is funny, but like
0: If it if it was Also,
1: people don't freeze like that in space. I know it's a fantasy, doesn't matter. People don't freeze like that in space. It yeah, just doesn't, I agree. doesn't happen. Um But it's uh I think the first half is a little disjointed and like setting up a lot of conflict that's not really. They did a good job of taking the rocket bullshit and tying it in really nicely. And I think if I had to pick like all stars for this movie, it wouldn't be Chris Pratt. You know, I think Chris Pratt does a good job, but he doesn't. He does a a good job with like an okay part. Like, there's not a lot going on for Peter really. He meets his dad, but like.
0: Well, like it's like there's this key plot point, but not a whole lot else. There's no character development. But no. what's funny was I was talking about. It. I'm like, I have an I have MVPs for this movie. It's everyone but Peter Quill.
1: Um, I think but, if I, if I got to go full like all stars, yeah. I'm gonna go Yondu. Yondu and Rocket.
0: Yeah, Rocket. And I honestly have to say, Nebula. Nebula's yeah, kind of hey. I'm I kind of am invested in her now, and in a way, Yondu's henchmen
1: mm-hmm
0: yeah played by James gunn's brother sean gunn kirk from gilmore girls for those of you who don't watch comic book movies and watch gilmore girls
1: which i think is a large portion of our fan base
0: okay hi mom um,
1: she <gasps> your mom watches listens she no, knows she, of this i
0: think she knows i mean she knows of it i play it for her sometimes
1: oh probably not this episode though
0: I will if if we talk enough about Kirk, I will play it for her.
1: What if I say fuck a lot?
0: Yeah, fucks fine.
1: Cool. Uh, Now I think the first half is let me okay. It's more cohesive than Rogue One. I think it Mm -hmm. it kind it knows where it's going. Some I feel like Drax was a happy accident for them on the first one that he resonated so well with his
0: they overrode him
1: they de- they gave him too many dracks the wise, thing is you know if, well, or it was uh, just like no we we know what he's I like i was talking I, about this uh, actually
0: where i was like he was in the co- i they did him so well in the first film because it was like the comic books where it's not that much, but it's just, it's enough that you get an idea of who he is and you get an idea of like where he's from. And there are certain lines. I definitely think they should have kept in like in the group scenes or also when he was talking about his wife, like, or like how his wife didn't dance. Like I thought that was a little, a great little scene. That was great. But there were a lot of things where I was like, this is not necessary. And I feel like they recognized the impact he made in the first film. They're like, oh, we got to do this more. Whereas th- I think they spent, they should have spent more time doing plots as they did with Yondu and Rocket where they're in the prison together. Spoiler. Um, and, but then when they're in, back in the ship and he's basically telling him like, you're me. But it was funny because there was this weird little preamble to this at the end of guardians where, uh, where Sean Gunn's character, whose name I always forget, I'm sorry, Jan- and Yondu, he was talking, he's like, it's probably good you didn't bring him back to his dad. And, like, they kind of did this precursor. So you knew there was a reason beyond it. And I kind of felt they spent too much time in the first act being like, no, the only reason was because he's small and he could be a thief and he could go through right. small areas. And I'm like, you kind of already alluded to the fact that there was another reason. And I felt like we were kind of dicking around too much, still like playing at this. And it wasn't until like Yondu was trying to make a point to Rocket that, because Rocket was like, I'm going back because it's clear you don't think this guy's a good guy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that then they like came to terms with it.
1: And I, 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 I'll need to rewatch Guardians Volume One. Yeah, um, I watched it like two see... weeks ago,
0: and that's why did, I'm... did
1: he ever say your dad's a piece of shit or anything like that? Like he never I feel said
0: like... his dad's a piece of shit. There was just a little bit of a there was a little bit of illusion. Like it was clear Yondu was very attached to Quill Right, beyond right, right. his role as like as his like employee mm-hmm. it was clear like it was much more a paternal son like relationship with him like that was their dynamic and so uh, when drax actually said like i thought yondu was your dad and he's like what right i was like no that makes absolute and complete sense and that's, that's some there's that's the beauty of drax. Father,
1: the father and son dynamic stuff that they set up is pretty well written even with that horrible fucking game of catch that they threw in with the with the teacher's input. I'm not make even acknowledging that, that didn't exist just, to me. No, like, we, we oh. just like
0: we're not allowed to talk in this movie theater, like, you're actually kicked out if you speak. So, I just like looked at Dan and I'm like,
1: um, and I and I, I, just I like put my head in my hands and went, Jesus.
0: There were a few lines that I think you and I both decided were just complete shit.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, that was hard. Um, the giant ball I, catch. Uh, The giant bucket. I was like, I guess,
0: I guess we should probably like explain this plot and ex because I feel like now we're just sort of all over the map as far as. But at the
1: at the same time, okay, this is spoilers, so I don't feel like we need to summarize the entire movie. No, I'm not
0: saying that. I'm just saying like I'm just trying to explain that ego, who we are making jokes about and everything, ego is played by Kurt Russell who actually did a pretty decent I, job. Uh, yeah, and I want to bring go back to that. There's a scene with him where I was like, wow, this is what should have happened in Age of Ultron. And I'm pretty sure now that I've said it, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Um, but Kurt Russell plays... He's basically a living planet, and he is Peter Quill's father. And he comes in pretty early on. I was actually sort of surprised how early on he came in. Um, also, who, another... Person who comes in very early on, who we don't see until the very end of the movie again, is Sylvester Stallone, which I was super perplexed by. He was he did well though. I was surprised how well he did, mm-hmm. based on like Creed. Um, but I was I was waiting for him to come back, and he really didn't until the end. And I'm sure I I know I'm sure it's built building up to volume three but um a large portion of this film takes place on this planet that is of ego's creation we are introduced to mantis who is an empath creature um and you know a a guardian of sorts and she basically can sense what people are feeling but she can also control how they're feeling and she's an interesting character i feel like she was kind of underutilized or just shouldn't have maybe been there Honestly.
1: I mean, they from a, from a used... plot perspective, what did she do?
0: She made him sleep in that one scene and, and like then, she had the And really...
1: then she was able to kind of hold him back for a minute until she was hit. Like
0: I mean, and that's It could have been
1: anyone. You and know I what think I mean? they were
0: really setting her. I think they have a plan with her, but I mean, I can say that about most Marvel things where I'm like, I think they have a plan for her. But she was kind of unnecessary.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. And I mean,
0: honestly, probably if she wasn't there, Drax wouldn't have talked as much, and, and, and I could have handled it a lot well, better. Well, and
1: even like, look at her telling Drax that, oh, the plan, Ego's bad. He does X, Y, and Z. She didn't need to tell him because Go Gamora born. and Nebula found the bones of spoiler once again ego's own children because we can't just make him like kind of bad we gotta be like he murders his own kids so it's gonna be okay he, when well we fucking I, decimate I, I thought him. he
0: did that when she said i help him sleep because he dreams of his progeny i was like there's no way that peter's his only kid
1: yeah like if you were a living planet you know you'd be banging all across the galaxy
0: i know when i do um so i felt like she was I, not to, i i think she was well played and i think they'll probably use her in a, a great way yeah, at some she'll be point fine. Yeah. but i i think she'll do well but she increased the dialogue for drax which i felt like was kind of an exhausting thing and just was sort of this weird point and it kind of took away from all the others because there were so many fucking subplots like like uh Han- yandu getting he was like mutinied mm-hmm. uh by all his his people and that was like the murder of his like the people that
1: that his was his crew his crew that, that was were like inten- like the,
0: it was hard to that part I was, was like, hard to watch. You
1: can put upbeat music behind this all you want to, but this guy just murdered well over a hundred people. Yeah, just like stone cold uh, fucking. And his name is
0: Taser Face.
1: Uh, that was such a bad joke.
0: It was such, such a, a bad I'm like, joke. I'm like, make a better name. Make his name be Maurice. Make him a space cowboy. I don't I care. Just, that I,
1: irritated me. I like the look of Guardians of the Galaxy. But I did not like the look of the gold people.
0: There, oh yeah, the gold people. In my opinion, all played by Tilda Swinton. But actually, the actress who played the main character, Alia, I would, uh, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. But she actually played Jordan Baker in Great Gatsby, and she was very good in Great Gatsby. And I was just like, oh, this is an interesting thing. But I didn't like their look. The and I think when people are stoic and have strong bone structure. I just think they're Tullo Swinton.
1: I just don't like when the idea of alien is human with different skin color. Like, it's like, they're humans, but they're green. Or they're humans, but they're blue. But or they're humans, but they're gold. There
0: was a there was a race of uh, alien that happened, and I'm going to describe it. I I don't know. There was one in Yondu's, like, crew, and there was a scene where they were all being blown up, and you see one of them, and they had, like, dotted faces. But then... When they're when that blob is on that planet mm-hmm. and it's a mother and they child a game, race. same race mm-hmm. and then there's one in one of the four like scavenger forager whatever they're called she uh, was ravagers ravagers sorry mm-hmm. yes yeah they were also of that same race and so that race was shown three different times and i had never seen it before and I really liked the look of that yeah I want and so I want to see that. that yeah and I the ravagers like-
1: were great. Fucking Sylvester Stallone looks human as shit. So is he like Novacore? Like dropout? I feel like I, I think he's I a Novacore dropout because just
0: how he stated like let's steal some shit or whatever. I was like Ugh. yeah, let's steal some shit.
1: Let's steal some shit. And how about the random robot? Hooker scene where like Yanni's literally up his, up his pants. pants. There like... were kids sitting next to us, and I was like, I'm <laughs> "I was super
0: perplexed by that scene because I'm like, what are we supposed to I... be feeling? Well, yeah, What's and that on? and like
1: asking about penises and stuff. I was like, I, I get what Guardians is, but I feel like this is, and the turd joke. I just felt like it was a little, it was. A Saturday morning cartoon written by a thirteen year old. At times, not always, it had very good moments. Which is and how I feel about Game of, I, of Thrones. Often, I'm a sucker for a father son story, and me too. I hate father son like death stories. Which, spoiler alert, Yondu dies, and I cried. I absolutely cried. God, me too. It's... I, I
0: like. I had these like tears, and then when they played Cat Stevens, I'm like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: not cool
1: at least it wasn't cats in the cradle
0: honestly for me if it had been i mean this would have been a completely different story but if it had been paul simon's father and daughter i was like mm. i would have been like <sighs> that's me crying in case anyone wondered
1: so let's let's uh i think the easiest way would just be to go through character by character
0: question though before we start going character by character if you were a character in the marvel cinematic universe who would at be? whole
1: like the, the, the entire
0: Marvel set, but not cap. Cause I feel like that's the obvious answer for you.
1: Okay. Then you're not
0: fine. You can be cap, okay. whatever. No, no, no. Fine. Um, I just feel no, like actually, that's like that. That's sort of the obvious
1: go to. Well, I'm not that much of a boy scout. Um, no, I was thinking, um, I'm much more of a DC guy and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody throw your hate. It's fine. Um, and you always go to dc when we do this looking at the marvel cinematic universe looking at every film i think i am edward norton's bruce banner
0: god he was my favorite bruce banner and i'm i mean no no shame to mark ruffalo he does a good job he does a great job i'm sorry though um eric Banner, no
1: I just I'm angsty, so that's why I would say that. You no,
0: know, but I loved his I loved his Hulk, and so I totally get that.
1: Who who would you, who would you say that I am?
0: Personality wise, you're Rocket. To me, you're Rocket, but mm, you have a certain level of ingenuity that does make me think Banner or Stark. Like honestly, I I have often really thought of you as like a Tony Stark, because you have this sort of But, like, earlier Tony Stark, not this, like, weird, vindictive Tony Stark that we're seeing now. Not
1: Tony Dick.
0: Yeah, not Tony Dick. Andy Dick's annoying brother. So what's funny is, though... Quiet,
1: Tony! After Age
0: of Ultron, Clark commented that he saw Scarlet Witch and he thought of me. Which I was like, that's an interesting perspective. But I have to say... After seeing this, I know you don't care who I think I am in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you just though. kept
1: talking. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get the chime in. <laughs> so. If you don't stop talking, okay, I'm sorry. not gonna ask you a question. If you never stop talking, to Dare, no one will ever ask you a question.
0: That's why well, I'm alone.
1: <laughs> That's not true. My cat's right here. So, Adair, if you were a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who would you be?
0: I'm sorry, I didn't hear you.
1: If you were a character <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who would you be?
0: I think. Not to be super cliche, but I think I'm Groot. Like, I genuinely think after seeing the first two, like, I have this ability to be very impulsive and just do things that need to be done. I'm empathetic, but I'm aggressive. But there's an innocent and sort of a level of stability and follow-through that Groot has that I think I'm Groot.
1: Well, and you are kind of sappy.
0: Oh well, let's continue.
1: If I was going to assign you a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think I'd go with Maria Hill. Really? Yeah.
0: I always saw her as kind of boring.
1: Well, I, I'm projecting. Secret Warriors, one of my favorite comics. Of all time, it was really, really good. And Maria Hill is a staple in that. Well, She's
0: she be so good. I mean, spoilers to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but or well, no, not cinematic. Sorry, the Marvel Universe. She becomes the leader of Shield. Yeah. And so is this like well she's the leader of okay, yeah. Yeah, when she's I get when she's that. the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's, she's kind of a boss when once she, she runs Shield. Like she's kind of a boss. Well so,
1: even before then, um, I think honestly under, under Nick Fury she's she's pretty I think, stellar
0: too. Honestly the casting of Colby Smolders as solid. Yeah. she's it's she's a solid.
1: Thank you, Allison Hannigan, for recommending her to Joss Whedon.
0: Yeah, there you go. Um I, yeah, she is one of those people in the cinematic universe that I am, I won't tire of. And I kind of like that she comes on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I think it's good.
1: Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Needs a bone every once in a while.
0: I haven't watched it since the first episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not really, uh.
0: I saw the, a a thing for the Inhumans. And I'm like, "Mm, no. Yeah. No.
1: Hard pass. Hard pass.
0: Defenders, though, I will be watching. I'm hoping
1: that gets things back on track. So, okay, we're doing a little shorter episode than usual, guys. So, I think we're just gonna do a hit list. For the characters. So let's okay. start with least amount of screen time. James Gunn's brother. Whatever his Sean name. Sean
0: Gunn. Um, I think he had an amazing amount of growth on this show. On this movie. Because like he kind of signified like the mutiny. Because he changed his opinion. Because he was like, why are you always defending Quill? Which we kind of learn It's because he sees Quill as a son. Which I think any one of the audience members would have seen. I love him. I love the scene where Groot is trying to find Yondu's like prototype uh mohawk thing what
1: he called it a fin
0: a fin sorry where he whistles and Mm -hmm. controls the arrows for those who haven't seen it um and i when he was like that's not it but i like him he's he has really good moments his little over air moments where he's like they're coming and stuff like that he's good like i think he has been solid in both movies i think he has been given little and done a lot honestly
1: but you know what else he does in those movies what the motion capture for rocket
0: oh yeah he does Mm -hmm. i i i remember reading a thing and seeing like a little behind the scenes feature which is great
1: i'm sure the jumping around in the trees was not him but he does a he does a good job with that trash panda i really do love rocket
0: i I really feel like personality wise there when they said like are you just like a normal are you just an asshole and he's like yeah it's a pretty full-time thing and i was just like
1: (laughs) you an asshole full-time
0: Yeah. but yeah so yeah i i you loved when he
1: yells at you and everyone's mad and he steals batteries <laughs> of course
0: of course <laughs> that was great when he's just projecting <laughs> but yeah I so I really do like Sean Gunn in these movies as much as okay. people are like oh he's James Gunn's brother I think he, yeah whatever,
1: he, whatever. he's That's solid
0: cool. like he's a really solid actor and I think he he has like the moment where he has with Nebula I think is great when he's just when she's talking about how she's gonna kill Thanos and like how she hates her sister and how like how why she hates her sister like this like this whole idea one thing you learn about Nebula is she and Gamora had to fight every single like every single day and every time whoever lost which it was always nebula what gamora a part of her was taken out of her and was replaced with like a mechanical item by thanos because he wanted to give her a chance and so she basically just said like she wants to win and it's this whole idea of sibling rivalry but it just gives such a deeper meaning to her character Mm -hmm. and why she's half machine basically and it made much more sense with her but he she makes this huge monologue and his response of like safe travels and just yep. walks away from that i was thinking that. more
1: like a nice necklace or a hat or, yeah no, like
0: okay. that was great No, that was pretty solid that and was a spe- great moment. speaking of
1: nebula is a good transfer there i yeah. think that nebula did um I, I really do appreciate karen gillen i feel like she's a little bound by the makeup and everything in this role i yeah. think it's a little constricting for her as an actress because she's so expressive with her eyes but with those contacts too it's a little bit of a challenge but she does a nice job the growth between her and Gamora feels pretty organic um they have a nice little three-act structure with it from capture to I'm gonna kill you to I think we're gonna work together be okay um it was nice and I'm excited to see her inevitably sacrifice herself to save Gamora Calling it now, Guardians yeah. 3, no, I totally Nebula's agree. gonna but die. But how did
0: you feel about Sean Gunn? You didn't really say.
1: I, well, I was just, I thought we were taking yeah. turns.
0: Yeah, oh, I, okay. No, I th- um, but I, was I will say, honestly, Gamora and Nebula's relationship throughout the movie might have been my favorite thing about the movie. Like, nice. I mean, like, as far as, like, plot goes, that's probably the thing that I liked the most about it, was just, it felt organic, and mm-hmm. it felt real, and... That moment when Nebula says to her, and she's like, I just wanted a sister. Yeah. Like, I didn't want, like, a competitor. Like, you knew that you you were the only one that was there. Like, I needed you, and you weren't there. That was heartbreaking to me. As a person who is a sister, like, that was heartbreaking to me. No. And that was sort of the start of the tear ducts just coming
1: loose. It it I mean it's a it's a show about family and I think they make yes. that pretty clear especially in the second half. Before then, it's like searching for family. What are we doing? It it rambles Family's a little, but it gets there. there. It gets there. No, I think Nebula is a fine character. I think that her inevitable death won't quite have the weight that I want it to because yeah, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what we'll they see.
0: do with her in the third movie because yeah, we'll they really see. set her up for some good stuff for the third so movie. So
1: then, Baby Groot, adorable.
0: I mean, it's hard because well, they make a, actually a good moment where they're like, "Should we kill the tree?" and they're like, "It's too cute, to, cute to kill." And there are some amazing moments where like they're like, "Hey, do you want to help us escape?" and it's like, "Uh huh." Yeah. And I have to say, Angry Groot is probably my favorite. The fact that angry they, baby Groot, angry mm-hmm. baby Groot murdering the guy who spilled beer on him intentionally and was like putting him against things and like kicking him was kind of amazing because it shows that Groot, though this adorable thing, it feels vengeance and that you can only push something that's adorable so far and, like, nothing is completely pure. That was kind of a great moment. Uh, I definitely, when I started crying, was when Groot was getting crushed in the end scene and that was really hard on me because it's adorable and it makes me think of my dogs and I just want to protect him but I also and I mean like I love the dance scenes and I love how he falls asleep on Drax at the very end because it's just so much like a baby and like a puppy and all these things. He does
1: what he's there to do.
0: Yeah, Yeah he has a purpose I only can handle something being cute for so long in an action movie before I forget its existence like there were a lot of action scenes where I forgot that Groot existed And what I liked about the first movie was that Groot, though seemed a little, like, bumbly, had a purpose. And Groot was good, but I felt like half the time it was like, let's throw Groot over to someone else and they'll protect them during this crash. And so, though very, very cute and very effective in its purpose, not my, I mean, like, not my favorite thing about this movie, for sure.
1: No, no, I think that's fair. I think that... I missed a little bit of the Groot and Rocket dynamic because he's because he's baby Groot now. We lost that sort of Han Chewy thing, but
0: we got Yondu. But we got Yondu Yondu and Rocket, which which I think was great.
1: Two two great characters to talk about. Yondu was.
0: So we just talked about you know what? Yeah,
1: we've already said they're the all stars. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna say Peter Quill.
0: I honestly couldn't. I I could not care less about Peter Quill. He did fine.
1: Chris Pratt, we love you. You did a great job. Don't let me diminish your work you're very funny, but because they're playing up Drax so much for laughs and Rockets so much for laughs, most of Peter's laughs got taken away from him and he kind of turned into the straight man.
0: He did, and, I mean, I think he had the journey mm-hmm. because he found out he was part of a god and he found his father and everything, but, like, no, I honestly, I, this is why I say, like, MVP of this movie almost to everyone but Peter Quill, because even with Ego... Like he was this new character, and he was very interesting in a weird sort of diabolical way.
1: And I, he was fully realized too, though. Which he was, was nice.
0: which I, I didn't. Liked. I didn't
1: love the porcelain statue shit.
0: Oh fuck no! There like, were some
1: visual effects. I mean, where like, I was like, mm-hmm. like
0: if we're talking about set pieces, yeah, we can complain about that. But the scene, like, okay, so Peter Quill, eh. But let's talk about Ego.
1: Ego was good because Ego was interesting. Ego's
0: kind of what I wanted with. Uh, Ultron because James Peter had that voice so the scene there's a scene towards the end where he is coming towards Peter he is giving his speech to Peter and he is becoming a fully like organic human again and so you're seeing like the skeleton you're seeing the organs and you're seeing all this stuff it was so riveting to watch that and that's what I wanted with Ultron hmm. this idea of this creation that was not necessarily what it should be but still terrifying i don't know i that speech and how he did that was like he was great i actually was so impressed with kurt russell i really did not think he would pull it off i think he did i think he had great comedic moments Mm -hmm. but i think he he was scary like he had moments yeah. where he was scary, and it, it was. Let me just think like, of Death Proof. <laughs> yes, and that's actually kind of what I went back to was I was thinking about Death Proof and that uh, oh this oh god the scene where there's a woman on the hood of a car. Oh, uh, no, yeah, Kurt Russell
1: is great. He, he 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 does he does a good job in this and most things honestly I think he is Mr. Genre Film. You can put him in any genre film, and Kurt Russell's going to do a damn fine job.
0: But I I was very impressed by him. I yeah, thought he was a really great nice I thought he was a great villain. But I want you to talk I want you to tell me how you felt about him, but I also want us to discuss the gold people since we're talking about villains also. Backum. Yeah. Same. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have to have that pass. They, uh, the, they the they video game their video game ships were hilarious in certain One ways. Time. <laughs> yeah, but when they started doing it, like I think they were on the third time, and I'm yeah, like, and I'm over like, this. You're genetically
1: engineered to be superior. I just, I don't. Bit pass. No. Um. I enjoyed Kurt Russell a lot. I felt like ego was an interesting choice. I didn't think he was a great villain because again, like with all the Marvel villains, he was either. Not menacing enough, like eh, you know, things are crushing, things are getting scary. But he didn't, if he had killed Yondu, that would have been different. Like, I mm. never saw him really fucking kill anyone, he never was just well. Like, yeah,
0: we just saw the remnants of, his, yeah, his exactly. Actions. At, well, at which, at the only time that I even got m- f- sort of that way was when he was like, I felt so bad when I put that tumor right. in your mother's head. And you find out that he's... Which
1: was such a... Like, you're trying to seduce this kid to your side? Never admit that. You take that shit to your grave. There was no reason for him to tell us that. Except to be like, just so you know, guys, he's really bad. He killed your mother. No,
0: what would have been good is if he didn't tell him. And that was Mantis's purpose. Because then she has a fucking purpose. We
1: saved the movie. Good job, Adair.
0: Thank you. I just saved Guardians of the Galaxy too. You heard it here first, folks. But like, that's how he becomes sort of dialogue. exactly because that that exposition yeah.
1: there. I was like, no, no, no fucking I agree. way. This is stupid. Um, he did a nice job. I think that Gamora was fine. Gamora was I Gamora. Don't... She doesn't. She doesn't change. I'm she not... hasn't had character growth. She's just stagnant which I'm is so unaffected
0: for... by her as a character like i do not give a shit about i have am, am no way invested in her and peter's relationship the only thing i was invested in was her and nebula's growth and her speech to nebula like i got it but like it's even right. then i wasn't convinced i didn't i yeah. wasn't i wasn't forced to her side the way i was with nebula no. like honestly karen Gillum, like she there was emotion in that speech yeah. and i felt like gamora is just so I feel like it's a hurrah. green hurrah.
1: like yeah. and even like a less fiery or her like she doesn't there's no passion there. I think if no, you want to go I green just, people, I think Drax was more interesting than her in this, even though he got annoying.
0: Which is a great transition. Let's talk about Drax. <laughs> Let's talk about Drax, baby. Drax, Let's talk about you and me.
1: Drax got annoying. Drax was overused because of his success in the first one, but. The speech about his wife. The dancing was really nice. Explain his interaction... that speech,
0: though. Like, explain that speech. Have you wife.
1: seen the movie? Go see the movie, listener. <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't, I'm not going to summarize what? the whole movie for you, but he's talking about his wife and how she didn't dance at the tribe gathering thing. And that's what made him notice her. And the fact that Drax is, like, becoming an icon for people with autism... Because he doesn't get sarcasm, he's literally, and you know that nice internet story that went around. I appreciate that about his character, and that's what he represents. And that story wasn't was that working? The joke about the turds and the the do me, do me, like. Uh, it, it is a little more grating than,
0: but and then, but it just gets worse at that point. Yeah. Like it just, it's not, and that's that also goes into Mantis, who is also a person who does not understand social, right, or, social graces or what have you. Which kind
1: of makes them an interesting pair. I wouldn't ship it personally, but
0: which I'm not sure you're supposed to. But I think they. I don't know. Just, at did you end, see that The look? end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure I about was like, that. No. He when they do that, I was damaged like stop, forever. stop.
1: The um, only person who is still carrying their baggage with them is Rocket. And that's why I fucking love Rocket.
0: He is, like, because he didn't get resolved. like no, everyone it's else never, it's
1: never going to be Resolve. <laughs> like, well, what and, is he going to do, and, track and down Yondu the really,
0: And Ro- Yandu really explained that, like why he's still carrying the baggage. But, okay, do we have anyone else? Da-da-da-da-da. I think we're just
1: down to Yondu, Yondu and, and Rocket. Rocket. So let's
0: talk about them, because that's who I really want to talk about. Yeah. So Yondu, let's say to last because i feel like he's he's the the film um uh so rocket Mm -hmm. he starts out pretty typically rocket and a bigger
1: a-hole than usual
0: yeah but you see also he's doing certain things and he's doing them for other people like that music setup thing
1: that wasn't for him that that wasn't wasn't for for him and though he's like making music
0: but like he was he was still going to do it and he was doing it for Groot and he was doing it for Peter. Cause he understands who they are and he is, he is connected to them at this point. This, the whole point of this movie is about family and the fact that these people are a family and it's actually a beautiful story about a base, uh, a non-nuclear family, but he get he and Peter have such aggression because they're so both so confused about their origins and Peter gets to figure that out and rocket, doesn't no. and that's actually a thing that I feel incredibly bad about but Rocket had the the scene I connected most in the first movie that I still connect to now is when they're in the prison and Peter sees Rocket and he's getting he's out of the shower and there's the metal bolts and stuff in, in the back and like he doesn't say anything but Rocket like kind of looks at him and like kind of looks back and like covers himself and like but like there's that moment and it, it hurts me and they make jokes, and he calls him, like, a trash panda. And, like, an ang- the angry puppy's so cute I could die. And all this stuff with mantis and all these things. But, like, he's not a raccoon. Like, that's not who he is. It's, like, being... it's I honestly relate it to, like, being born a boy when you're actually a girl or vice versa. Like, this thing of, like, you don't know what's wrong with you. You don't know why you were created this way. But in his case... Someone created him this way and they don't give a shit Mm -mm. about him. And that's the biggest thing. And that's heartbreaking to me. And he's so good and so clever and he's so underutilized and respected in this role at the start.
1: Yeah, Rocket, I think, while his science does not hold up to any scrutiny, he is an enjoyable character for a number of reasons primarily just being the asshole that i think not just myself but a lot of comic fans find themselves to be a lot of nerds are ragey and kind of shitty to each other and to those who care about them most and i think that's a common that's a common problem for people and to tackle that with him was a good use of the character to be like, this guy's got rage issues, this guy's got self-worth issues, this guy is not going to think that he's worthy of love because he was not created with love. He was created for scientific means by scientists to do scientific things that they were interested in. He was created as a project, not as progeny. And I think that exploring those feelings was a very useful way to incorporate him into the story and make him a part of this larger family discussion. Um, I get a little irritated with his, uh, always having the perfect gadget for the perfect situation, but I recognize the Saturday morning cartoonness of it, and that's just who he's gonna be, and yeah, that's fine. But, but Rocket Rocket the tape, was great.
0: The tape gag was kind of funny. The, ta- the tape gag I was good, especially it.
1: because it differed from the trailer. Within the trailer, it was so sped well, up, but him actually going to people. Well, what and I asking liked them about was tape.
0: it was super long, and I think for me, when the gag goes like maybe five to ten seconds too long. That's when I find it hilarious. Peak and
1: valley humor. And, it starts out then, funny. It gets not funny. And then when though, he was but like, "But did again. you
0: ask Nebula?" Well, I, yeah. Did you actually ask her? Well, I asked Jan, too, and Nebula's right there. But that's not really asking. I knew you didn't ask, and it became a whole thing. And then Groot's just gone. But like, I liked that moment where it was just no, like that was solid. Of and, all him the things, and him you know, and Quill, and Quill
1: continuing to have their interplays is solid. But that that leaves us with the man, the myth, the, the legend.
0: That had been, yes. Um, Yondu, this was Yandu's movie. Yondu, I really thought, I, I hated how they brought him in.
1: Mm-hmm. Terrible.
0: It was an awful way. I thought.
1: And the forced conflict with Sylvester Stallone. I'm still important. I didn't even realize there was this whole Ravager rift and there's a hundred of them. I, what I what? think
0: they should have done rather than have that shot of him, like, in a, basically in a brothel with robots was they should have had like a weird little, cause they did, started with a flashback. Why not do another flashback? Cause they did a flashback later on with Peter and him targeting. Like, why didn't they do
1: what? I was holding up. a Oh
0: yeah. Gotcha. I was like, they were pointing to the wall. I'm like, what is on the wall that I should be noticing a nail? Um, I thought they should do like some sort of other flashback. And that's why, Rather than him being like buttoning slowly buttoning up his pants, it was such a random choice. And then you get the introduction into like his rift with Sylvester Stallone because you don't know what the hell you're. You're really you're trying to figure it out. Like I feel like for five not even minutes,
1: that it's a mystery. It's just random. It's not like it's it's really like oh yeah Yondu, what's going on with him? It's just like why why should I give a shit?
0: And honestly, the thing is. They could have not included Sylvester Stallone in that scene and done still done the same with him and Rocket in the prison and figured out exactly what happened. That's what's great about it. And honestly, what would have been cool is if he had encountered Sylvester Stallone, there had been no altercation and just he walked out. And Yondu was clearly upset and there was, like, some sort of voice because, like, the, his, his, like crew was sort of talking about it anyway and they like chat about it for a second and then later on it's discussed in the prison like it could have been done so many different ways that opening scene was shit and i acknowledge that like i just think it was so unnecessary but yondu himself had amazing moments he had performance his relationship with rocket i basically So I am one of those people that really likes Star Trek Beyond. And I understand the reason why I like Star Trek Beyond is the connections that you make with these characters that you haven't seen together, like Bones and Spock. That's something I wanted to see. I wanted to see those dynamics because I was getting really fucking tired of Kirk and Spock. (laughs) Yes, Um, because they're not that interesting together. And I'm not saying it's because Chris Pine's kind of boring, but it's kind of that way and that so that was something that was intriguing to me this was another dynamic of it rocket and Yandu both have a lot of emotional damage and their growth and friendship and also the evolution of Sean Gunn's character for that and the connection to Groot was great. I loved that he called Groot Twig and like I loved that ultimately he had one jetpack and he had one spacesuit thing and he gave the he did the jetpack to get Quill out of the situation and gave him the spacesuit like it was the ultimate sacrifice and he said he's like I wanted to do good by that and it allowed Rocket let to let me do, do
1: one thing right.
0: Yeah, yeah. and then it allowed Rocket to do one thing right for him by telling all the Ravagers what he had done, but like you understand towards the end, like, I mean honestly to me, it was pretty clear when Sean Gunn's character said like, why is it that Quill gets away with everything? It's like, it's because he's his son. Yeah. As much as like we're pretending that that's not the case and we've alluded to it he's his son.
1: And if I want to give this movie a gentler touch, I will say that it's entirely about a father-son relationship, but it starts out with one father-son relationship and ends with another. We see the the one he's been looking for and the one that was there the whole time, which we've done a million times in a lot of different movies. But if I were to sum Guardians of the Galaxy up, mm-hmm. I would say, sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2.
0: Yeah, don't make that mistake again.
1: I shan't, not in the... 30 seconds left that um, I, I would sum this film up by saying if you enjoyed guardians of the galaxy one, you're going to enjoy this one. If you didn't like guardians of the galaxy one, I think you'll honestly like this one more. I think there's more there for you. I think it's I still, it's still because I personally did not care for guardians of the galaxy volume one really didn't like it very much at all. Um, And I, I liked this movie a fair amount. I would, yeah, I'd give it a thumbs up.
0: What would you call it if you could... It Like, instead of Volume 2, what would you call it? Like, Guardians of the Galaxy, colon... What?
1: Marvel Studios presents James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 18 post-credit sequences.
0: Oh, can we talk about that for a second after I tell you mine? Mine's family ties, because, yeah. Um... There are five post-credit sequences, and can we just end on this because? Oh yeah, shit. Um the the fifth one is the worst one and should have been the first one, and I don't understand why they chose this order. And it's Stanley has a great cameo in this movie, in my opinion, comparatively to some of his other cameos. He's on this planet and he's explaining being that
1: he's been the watcher through the entire MCU yeah, no, he, yeah he's totally but,
0: explained it um but then he, that ends up being the last of the post-credit sequences the
1: no Thanos setup no Ragnarok setup no Spider-Man setup, and I'm nothing.
0: fine with that but
1: it's choosing, just such a break from form though, but also for but, no
0: payoff I guess the thing is if you're gonna do five do one let's uh, that way but i think that stanley one should have been the first one i think the second one should have been the sean gun messing around with the with the arrow with the
1: i would have cut that one
0: i mean yes i would have too but i'm not saying that's not right. the world we're living in right now
1: but we're living in a world where we can reorder them but we yes. can't cut them <laughs> yes okay adair we'll, we'll just buy that's... into your fantasy <laughs> okay fine you want to cut it there's cut only it. four
0: post-credit scenes Okay, no, actually, if we're going to cut it, there's three because I'm cutting that Stan Lee one because it's so fucking stupid. Um, What were the other three? I mean, I know the main one, which is what I would consider the last post-credit scene.
1: Yeah, the Adam Warlock tease. The Adam
0: Warlock tease, yeah. Um, What were the other
1: two? Shit. Uh, Sylvester Stallone.
0: Oh yeah, Sylvester Stallone, and then group being a teenager. So I'd say group being a teenager would be the first. Sylvester Stallone's being the second, and then them making out Ad- them doing a tease of Adam Warlock being third. You agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, that's how we but, would
1: fix Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So, yeah,
0: that's that. These are the reasons like we would we would change it and why we would not make it any different. I really liked Yondu.
1: Yondu was great.
0: Like, this movie should have been Guardians of the Galaxy volume Yondu. Yondu. That doesn't make sense, but we just say it's Swahili for two.
1: Well, since we're talking about movies in our uh, tiny little bit left, uh, Adair, you won our Oscar pool, so I will give you a copy of my favorite movie of all time, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh yay! So she has that in her hand, podcast listeners. You can hear the DVD rattling in there. It's much more dramatic.
0: Hey, Skylar, where's my my other movie? Just just going to point out, I won the Oscar pool thing. So I want my first Jurassic Park.
1: As long as we're quoting other movies. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night and good luck.
0: Uh, good night, everybody. Slow Claps and Rewrites is painstakingly produced by Adair Rice and Daniel Crary.
1: It is edited with extreme prejudice by Adair Rice.
0: Slow Claps and Rewrites is a part of the Secret Weapon Productions Library.
1: Copyright M-M-X-V-I-I.
0: 2017.
1: All rights reserved. Until we've been dead for 70 years.